You are listening to a Stat Media Group production. This is Cargo Masterminds presented by Cargo One. This is an exclusive one-to-one weekly interview series with leaders from the world's leading air cargo and logistics companies. It is Monday and it is time to catch up with the new Cargo Mastermind with your host, Reggie John. We are excited to bring the second season of Cargo Masterminds in partnership with Cargo One, the digital air cargo booking platform that offers freight forwarders and cargo airlines a cost-effective, data-driven and fully digital distribution channel. I am extremely thrilled to begin the second season of Cargo Masterminds with an experienced air cargo leader who built her career working with leading cargo carriers of the world and she is now in the midst of building a cargo carrier from the start and just days away from its commercial launch. My guest today is someone who I admire for her passion for air cargo her leadership skills to build and grow a rich and resourceful team, which is at the core of any good organization. I am very pleased to welcome Kirsten D. Bruyne, Executive Vice President of Cargo at WestJet to Cargo Masterminds. Kirsten, great to have you with us. Thank you, Reggie. Thank you for having me. Kirsten, give us a sense of the momentum building up in the run-up to WestJet Cargo Freighter Operations. Yeah, where do I begin? It's been quite the journey, uh, to be very honest. Uh, building a, a cargo airline from scratch is, is really something that uh, was much more complicated than I had initially uh, envisioned uh, it to be. You know, and then building a cargo airline within a 27-year-old passenger organization makes it even more complex because they're very tuned to their passenger processes. Um, so I started now uh, 10 months ago, 10, 11 months ago. Uh, 1st of May is, uh, is one is my one year anniversary and it's been uh, quite the journey. You know, I'm used to coming from global airlines that have been in cargo for many, many years. Uh, um, you always had people that knew better than you uh, and, and all of the departments were already installed. And I think this was the first time where I actually had to know everything myself from a network planning in an Excel sheet to uh, finding out how high pallets needed to be built. So um, I must say that I have learned more in the last 10 months than I've had in, in, in the last five years. It's been a, a great journey. And of course, now, you know, I've built a team around me that luckily knows better than me again. So we're getting there, but it's been a, it's been a fantastic journey. Give us a sense of the excitement that's right now there with you and your team in the in the office uh, and it's just days ahead of the final takeoff. I don't know if it's more excitement or anxiety levels are, are up. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, we've been talking about it for quite a long time. And, uh, you know, when it's finally the case, I mean, very funny enough, we got the certification uh, on an evening uh, when nobody really expected it. It was 9.30 p.m. And I sent it uh, in the in the WestJet Cargo Group app and say we got it, people. And I mean, everybody was like, "Oh my God!" Now it's suddenly a reality, you know, because we were waiting quite the long time for it, as you are aware, uh, Reggie. And um, so it is all hands on deck. You know, it's not only the cargo department that is involved. Uh, we have 
I would say 20 other disciplines from tech ops to flight ops to ground ops uh, to crewing, catering, and all for everybody it's new. So it's really like the last details that we are now fine tuning with all the appropriate approvals that we have. Um, so yeah, I think it's a balance of excitement and anxiety levels that are equal as high at the moment. Kirsten, let's talk about the proposed freighter schedule for 2023. And I had a look at the the schedule that was published on, on the website. And your freighter operations originating from four cities in Canada and two in the US. Uh, give us a sense of the network operations and how many freighters will be in operation by the time of launch you have later this month. So we uh, we are starting with three. Unfortunately, the fourth tail was delayed. It's still in, uh, in, in Costa Rica for the last modifications. And the reason why that was a little bit delayed is because it's actually that fourth tail is our own WestJet plane. So the modifications were a bit different than the three planes that we acquired from previous operators. So we start with three and we have a phased approach. You know, we all know that when planes are parked for a longer period of time, there might be some startup problems. So we decided that we basically take one till into production every week. So we start on the 22nd of, uh, of April with till one. Seven days later, we add till two. And then three weeks later, we add till three. Um, we connect the main hubs in Canada, as you are um, rightfully saying so. So it's Halifax, Toronto, Vancouver, and Calgary. Um, and then we also added two U.S. destinations, Miami and L.A. We opted for high-frequency, little destinations than, you know, with, with the startup uh, and, and with obviously limited repair capabilities with four tails, we can still repair relatively quickly and not spread our wings too far in other uh, in other uh, areas of Canada, so that's kind of like our strategy: high frequency, uh, little destinations, um, and obviously we we operate uh, many bellies. Uh, so I think we have about 160 passenger planes as well, all through North America, Caribbean, that obviously hop into and from the freighter. Has the booking started for the cargo flights? First one, second one, and the third one. Yes, we had uh, the bookings open on the 1st of April. So then we thought, mm, April Fool's Day, maybe it's uh, it's not so, so good to communicate because they might think it is a joke. So we actually have been open since the 1st of, of April, but we uh, we put it on uh, on our social media on the 3rd. And yesterday, actually, for the first time, we got our first booking from Vancouver on the freighter. And uh, tell us about the timeline for the fourth freighter to be deployed, uh, which I believe is by the end of this year. We hope it's going to be a little bit earlier. Um, so as it looks now, uh, the modifications plus painting uh, would be done somewhere mid-June. Um, we are uh, registering the three tills already in certain countries where you need to register the till in order to be ready for that fourth till. We have a network that we haven't communicated yet of incremental destinations that we're planning to launch. Uh, so fingers crossed, uh, but I'm careful to say is that hopefully by the summertime we should have we should have that too in the air, Reggie. Justin, were you surprised by the inordinate delay in getting your aircraft uh, certified by Transport Canada? Very fairly so. Yes, we did not anticipate uh, the length of certification. Obviously, we had announced a, a, a freighter start before. Look, we take the certification very seriously. It is obviously high on the safety agenda of the WestJet Group and of the, the regulator. We've done our due diligence very, very well. Very happy that it's over now. 
But yeah, we didn't anticipate the lengthy certification, but again, not saying that it wasn't necessary to make sure that all the boxes were ticked in order to have a safe and sound operation. I have been noticing uh, from Westjet uh, Togo LinkedIn pages, uh, uh, your organization has been attracting some very experienced talent over the last 10 months. Tell us the thrill you had getting a rich and resourceful team and building them to the launch of a startup cargo airline. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a very funny uh, a journey. You know, obviously throughout my career in air cargo in the last 15 plus year, I've built up relationships and people, you know, that, that I've worked with or that have worked for me in the past. Um, and, you know, landing in the WestJet cargo organization, I knew quite rapidly which type of competencies that I needed in order to make sure that we were, you know, right, right set from the, from the beginning. Uh, now, immigrating people is not the quickest process. Uh, so I had two options. Okay, do I target the best people and be patient and just do the work myself until I get the people here in Canada. I was very lucky uh, that, uh, you know, the immigration processes went very smoothly. And so, you know, I, I tried to prep everybody for what it was to come from global airlines into a startup. Um, if you ask everybody now that I have, you know, that have joined my team from abroad and from my previews, then they will all tell you, oh, we never would have expected it, but they're all super excited, learning a lot, uh, really going into the nitty gritty of, of a startup airline. And I must say, I see mostly smiles around my uh, my office here. So it's been great. Kirsten, as a leader, something that I've noticed, you have rich experience working with the world's top cargo airlines uh, and uh I know that you are not someone who misses an opportunity to challenge yourself and challenge the status quo. You said WestJet Cargo plans to disrupt air cargo industry in uh, Canada. As you are just days away from the commercial launch, tell us the level of confidence that you have to prove your naysayers wrong and remain a strong and reliable cargo carrier for Canada and perhaps for North America? The beginning, uh, and, and that's why, right? In order to be a, a reliable airline, we have to be a little bit careful with the startup. Like I shared before, if you ask me and if you ask anybody else, let's start with three tails because they need to go into the air. We need to start carrying cargo. And then I thought, okay, well, you know, we can do that and be quite aggressive, but what are the errors of mistake that can happen? You know, I also am new to the 737. Actually, Canada is new to the BCF and the operation thereof. So the, the approach that we took at WestJet Cargo is to, is to actually make sure that we gradually start the operation so we always have a, a spare plane on the ground. It's not the most cost-effective way. Uh, uh, so if you ask some other people, they might think, mm, okay, we, we maybe put leaving opportunities laying around. Uh, but you know what? It's required because what we need to do is we need to start. We need to do it well. We need to do it on time. We need to do it reliable. Um, as far as disrupting the, the market, as of my team, and we just referred to it in the previous question, if not on the globe, I, I am guaranteed have the best team in the industry in North America. Um, we are aiming for best customer service, best digital solutions, easy to do business with. And in the end, we're also a fun airline. We are fun to do business with. We are quick. We are agile. Um, and I think we have that um, as as uh, our main selling point towards the customers. Coming from Toronto last week, doing sales calls myself with the customers, you can already feel that interaction, uh, really welcoming our new team members, uh, you know, and really being that edgy airline that has been missed 
uh, because the market has been dominated for many, many years by the same uh, few players in the market. Do the current uh, market conditions bother you and do you think that your launch is happening at a time when there is a very strong headwind? Yes, uh, like I said, the launch uh, a year ago would have been uh, with a little bit of less anxiety than uh, than we have today. So definitely, we we completely realize uh, that it's it's a, it's a competitive landscape that we are starting in. Uh, you know, the market's normalizing. Let's not say that it's going down, but it's normalizing. It was going to happen at some point. What I always say is that you know, air cargo. And I've, I've noticed it in my years of being in, in air cargo is uh, is cyclical. You know, there's times are lower and and you need the the street fighting mentality again uh, and there's years where you know demand is great and uh you know you can pick and choose your cargo at the moment we are not in that market we are here to to be the street fighters of of canada but like i said i've surrounded myself with people that are better at what they do than i will ever be so i'm convinced that we will that we will survive this storm reggie but yeah we're 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 realistic but uh, not hesitant or fearful that that it can go wrong. No, I like that attitude. Street fighters and street yeah. uh, smart. Uh, <laughs> all the yeah. best to you. How integrated is WestJet Cargo's strategy with the growing long haul wide body, which are Dreamliners that you have? I I believe you have about seven or eight of them already. Billy Cargo capacity, and how do you plan to feed international cargo into Calgary? That's the base for WestJet's global flights. Yeah, so with the Go West strategy of the passenger operation, um, and it completely made sense for the strategy of West Jet Passenger, of course, cargo was a little bit sad to see the Toronto flights go on the on the Dreamliner. Um, we all know that that Calgary is not the biggest cargo hub. So what we've done is we have tailored the uh, the freighter schedule in a way that it can tap into point to point domestic traffic. But it also assists in optimizing the wide body belly. Um, so we have increased the Calgary stops on the freighter. So initially when we were network optimizing before we had the Go West strategy, our network looked a little bit different. Now with knowing that we obviously have a lot of European destinations that we are launching, you know, we're starting Paris, Rome, Dublin, Edinburgh, Barcelona again. Um, so obviously that cargo does not some of it ends. We do have quite a big of perishable market here in Calgary, but of course, the bigger cargo markets are more in Vancouver and in Toronto. So we have made sure that the connecting times are super uh, attractive. So the point to point is still very attractive to sell for the white body. Yeah. So we have done that. I know that there is uh, no conversation is complete without uh, without a question on uh, digital transformation, digital strategy for cargo airlines. Uh, very early on, you had signed up with Smart Cargo to build a very comprehensive uh, digital platform for your digital cargo transformation strategy. Is the platform ready and how satisfied are you with your digital transformation plans for WestJet Cargo? Um, so yes, the platform is ready. Um, all of the aircraft types are bookable, freighter, narrow body, wide body. So that is done. We do have much more ambitious plans ahead for digitization. When it comes to the user experience on the website, to the ease of booking, um, you know, we had a deadline to meet. So we have done, we've made good steps, but to be honest, I am a competitive uh, person in nature. So I am not yet done or satisfied with where we have become. And um, we have larger plans connecting to third-party platforms. 
uh, uh, this year as well. So we are actually starting our second digitization business case, that's transformation as we speak. We are focusing on the freighter now. We will start with that in May once we have the operation up and running. But you have more to see of WestJet Cargo in 2023 uh, for sure. We are not done yet. We're just the start. Kirsten, I like to wish you and your team the very best. And I'm sure that uh, and your team will do well in the in the years ahead. And uh, as always, it's uh, it was such a delight to speak with you. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Reggie, for inviting me. Can't wait to see you next. And uh, all the best to you as well. I appreciate it. That was Kirsten De Bruyne, Executive Vice President of Cargo at WestJet. That's it from us at Staff Media Group. We bring Cargo Masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back next Monday for a fresh episode.